Praise the Lord, church. Come on, somebody say his name. Jesus, Jehovah, has become my salvation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's all clap right hands right now. I'm so thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can make your way back to your seats. Anybody thankful to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, man of God. You know, I, uh, I do not like to preach when Bishop Inversely is not here. I know I've said it before. I will continue to say this. And the more I say it, the more I might have to keep preaching like this. Amen. The Lord knows. Amen, church. We can all stand. We can all turn to the book of Proverbs. On Thursday night at family prayer, I was thinking the Lord had dropped a, a scripture in my spirit. And instantly I was like, you know, pondering some things and thinking about the implications of this scripture. And, you know, I started thinking, you know, if I were to preach, maybe I'll preach from this scripture. And then I started thinking about another sermon that I've written a good year and a half ago now that the Lord has yet to allow me to preach. And I was like, you know what, instead, I'm going to preach this one, you know, the next time I preach. Like, I know I'm ready for it. I believe God's going to let me do this, you know. <laughs> then Bishop comes, comes to me after prayer and like, hey, uh, I'm going to need you to preach. And I was like, oh, wow, I get to preach that sermon finally, Brother Eric. I'm like, let me, let's do this. And the Lord was like, I already gave you what you needed to preach. <laughs> oh, man, hallelujah. Anybody thankful to serve a living God? He speaks to us if we just listen. You know, if we take ourselves away from what we want to do and what I, I, I want to do. But it said, Lord, what is it that you want to be done today? Amen. I'm so thankful for everybody in this church. I mean, I can go down a list, but I'm only going to do a few people tonight. I'm so thankful for Bishop and First Lady. Amen. They teach you how to be a real Christian. Amen. I mean, they really show you the love of God and the mercy of God and, and how to fight in this end time and to stand up for righteousness and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for my children, Theodore and Eleanor. God has taught me so many things through these little babies. Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful for my beautiful wife. She's always there for me. Amen. I think she's taking attendance right now. I'm not sure where she is, but I'm so thankful for her. I'm thankful for my sister, amen, Sister Clark. She went out her way today and got me a, uh, a handkerchief. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Proverbs 6 and 16, I don't plan to be before you long tonight. In Jesus' name, we'll be out and ready to party, whatever the Holy Ghost wants, Amen. Proverbs 6 and 16, it's a familiar passage of scripture. It says, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Somebody say abomination. A proud look, 
a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Revelation 3, beginning at verse 15, I'm going to say, Brother Leon, you were in the Holy Ghost all up in my notes. Just want to let you know that. God's good. Revelation 3.15 says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Verse 19 reads, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And the last portion of scriptures is Matthew 3, beginning at verse 10. It says, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Let's all lift our hands right now. Let's, let's all talk to the Lord. And as you're talking to the Lord, let's also keep in prayer, Brother Wang. Jesus, you're able to go before us, God. Lord, give us ears to hear, God. Give us eyes to see, Lord. Give us a hungry spirit, God, to be right by you, Jesus. Lord, we can't do this without you, God. Lord, we need you in our lives, Lord. Lord, save us from ourselves, God, from our own desires and will, God. Save us, God, from our own passions, God. But, Lord, put inside of our heart your will, Jesus. Lord, put inside of our mind your will, God, to follow after you, Jesus. Lord, we're praying right now for the Wang family, God, that you will continue to bring peace that passes all understanding, Jesus. You are more than able to do it, God. And we're trusting and believing in your ways, Lord. We thank you. Somebody clap your hands in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated. This message, although these scriptures seem a bit heavy, <laughs> Is it meant for doom and gloom, okay? I promise. I promise there's hope. Amen. There's hope at the end. Just let's get through what God laid on my heart. Amen. Sometimes it's difficult for me. I want to come up here and I just want to preach something fancy. I want to shout. I want to say something that is nice and we can get some amens and dancing going. But, you know, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, prayerfully, we will obey what, the, what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Abomination. That is anything that is, its action is wicked, vile, disgusting, and morally wrong. Some would even argue that it is so disgusting that it causes God to vomit. 
But thank God for his mercy, which endures forever. Amen. I said, thank God for his mercy, which endures forever. Because of the revival that is taking place in the city of Fort Myers, we have to understand a couple of things. Number one, we are going to see a lot of people come through these doors exhibiting things that God hates. Amen? And number two, we as the body of Christ and an example to these new believers have got to grow up and stop exhibiting these things, these features that God so loathes. Amen. I will come back to these points a little later. But first, I felt it heavy in my heart to talk about backsliders. I believe that there's many diagnoses as to why one backslides. One being that they didn't have the love for truth. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of truth, that they might be saved. And because of this, or and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They had pleasure in unrighteousness and didn't fall in love with the truth of the word of God. They fell in love with lying. They fell in love with fornication. They fell in love with the things of this world, but did not fall in love with what the Bible has to say. They fell in love with worship. They loved to worship and praise. They loved to dance. But they did not fall in love with the idea of repentance. I said that they loved to feel goosebumps when they came to the house of the Lord. They loved when the man of God spoke and it spoke hope into their situation. But they did not fall in love with the understanding that they ought to be right before the Lord. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another reason as to why someone may backslide could be because the devil sifted them as wheat. Sister Tabitha preached an amazing message. Amen. The sifter is no match for the master. If you don't understand, please go, if you weren't here, and listen to that message. There's some powerful things that she discussed that we, as children of God in this end time, need to understand. When you're going through things, when you feel like every hell is, is, is trying to take over your life, you will have hope and understanding and, and know that God prayed for you, that God loves you. Amen. But some people don't understand this, and they allow the enemy to bring them away from the house of the Lord. Another reason I believe a lot of people might backslide is not because the devil sifted them, but because God sifted them. Some would argue that God doesn't do this, but the Bible is clear in, this, in the opening scriptures that his fan was in his hand. There is a threshing floor that the devil sometimes requests to use and other times the Lord says, you know what, I'm going to use it. That, that fan in his hand is a similar process or a process that farmers 
used on the threshing floor, where they will set a fire to the wheat in the chaff, mainly the chaff, and picking up the wheat and throwing it up and moving it around. And as the wheat's in the air, they're fanning that flame to make sure it can quickly burn up the chaff. Amen. There are many other ways we can do an autopsy. Listen to an old message from Bishop Williams about the autopsy of a dead apostolic. And we will find that there's actually many reasons as to why someone will deny this precious truth. And why they backslid. These few points that I mentioned, there's just a few reasons as to why someone may backslide. But I would like to talk to us tonight about when God sifts you. Amen. There are times where the devil gets on the threshing floor, and we spoke about this already, to shake your life upside down, to maybe that your job, you've lost your income, maybe your kids are acting crazy, you name it. The enemy is coming against you. Your life might look like the life of Job, where he couldn't even get finished with one set of bad news until more bad news started to come. Has anyone else been hit with that before in their life? That as soon as they received some bad news, next thing you know, something else happened. And then something else happened. And then something else happened. Hallelujah. But thank God he trusted Job. And thank God he trusts us with trouble. Amen. But there is purpose in the threshing floor when God sifts you. Amen. There's something powerful about being on that threshing floor. God wants to make sure that we are the right source for his kingdom. He wants to make sure that any impurities will burn off of us and we can be used as, as right people for his glory. Amen. There's two purposes for the sifting floor when God's on the sifting floor. It's one of two things. It's either we go big or we go home. We are all in or we're all out. We do what we are told or we leave. John 15 and 2 says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, listen, he purgeth it. If you bring forth fruit, you're still going to get cut. Why do you get cut? So that you can produce more fruit. God is serious about his word, Brother Ramirez. He means what he says. Amen? In Proverbs, the Bible says, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among brethren. All of these things the Lord hates and is an abomination unto him. Although the Lord hates these things, he's willing to endure them for a season for a saved sinner like you and me. Amen. Let's, let's clap our hands and thank God for the hope that although he hates these things that we used to be. He had mercy and grace. Amen. When I was a new convert, I had an issue 
with pride and lying. Well, really, many other things. But for tonight, I would like to talk about those two things. Amen. I'm only using myself as an example tonight because I know myself. I don't know anybody else's story like I know my own story. I'm not lifting myself up tonight saying, hey, look at me. But like that I'm better than you or something. But I am nothing without Christ. Amen. I said I am nothing without God. Hallelujah. I had a real bad issue with lying. And it kept me, like, it, it kept following me everywhere I went. I just, I lied. <laughs> and people like Pastor Spalaza gracefully corrected me during these times. I wonder if you remember this. <laughs> Galatians 6 and 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, Ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The latter portion of that verse is powerful. It says, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Because it is not because of us that we stopped our sin, but because the grace of God, because the love of God, because the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. But one day, after many days and times of lying, I felt strong in prayer that, and this was the time I was living at my grandmother's house, that I need to break this lying habit that I have. It's, I didn't understand why. Why am I always lying? Why, when I talk to somebody, I have to add this lying? I mean, it shouldn't matter, right? Who cares? It's not that big of a deal. Besides, <laughs> Other people in the church lie too. I've heard it. So I Googled some sermons. And at this time, I didn't, un I didn't even understand that I was apostolic. <laughs> I just knew I went to a church that I felt the presence of God. I didn't understand about listening to people that had truth and to make sure that we're not listening to any false doctrine. But thank God as I Googled sermons online, God led me to an old preaching from an old apostolic man. Hallelujah. <laughs> His opening scripture, he read with much fervor. He says, but the fearful, Revelation 21 and 8, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Whew. All liars. Whoa. You're putting liars with idolaters, with sorcerers, people that do witchcraft, whoremongers, people that murder, the unbelieving, the fearful. You're putting liars in that category, Lord. It says, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Man. I wanted to turn that, that preaching off, but I couldn't. I just couldn't because there was so much truth in that preaching. It, it scared me. But after listening to this message, I had a prayer meeting with the Lord. And I found myself weeping and crying because I know that his word is true. And I done messed up church because all liars are going to hell. And my goodness, church, 
I guess I'm going to hell. <laughs> it messed me up. But the Lord began to work on me. And whenever I would communicate with people and, I, and a lie might slip, I had to humbly tell them, I'm sorry, I don't know why I just said that, but I wasn't truthful. Man, I hated that. I would lie and the conversation was over and the Holy Ghost would just prick me. And I had to go find them and say, hey, I don't understand why, but what I just told you wasn't the complete truth. And they would just look at me like, okay, whatever, and just move on. But, man, that was, that was like so embarrassing, you know. But I don't care what other people have to think about my walk with God. I want to be right by Jesus, amen. I don't care what he has me doing. I want to be right by the Lord. If the Lord tells me to do it, I'm going to try my best to obey it, amen. Other things, the Lord started dealing with me that I had to go back and just tell people conversations that happened six months ago, right? I had to go and tell them, hey, man, that detail that I told you about, it was a little fabricated. <laughs> Amen. They had no idea what I was talking about, but, hey, I had to, I had to make things right. Amen. I wasn't perfect, nor am I perfect today, but I'm striving for perfection. Amen? But to know that these things that the Lord hates and to know that it's an abomination unto him, revolting, disgusting, to the point where it might make him want to vomit, made me wonder, why was I still in the house of the Lord? Why was I still underneath his grace if he hated it so much? Why was God allowing me to continue to come to his place of worship? I fixed my lying with the help of the Holy Ghost, but others around me full of lies, full of stories, to an unbelievable degree, like I can't believe people were listening to them. I'm not God, but these individuals they're not here tonight. And all I can wonder is, why? After the Lord dealt with me about lying, pride started to surface in my life. Now, on a side note, I don't think pride just started happening. I believe it was there the whole time. I just didn't notice it. It's kind of like... If you've never had pest control before, and you say, you know what, I'm going to get my house sprayed, and then all of a sudden, there's just bugs all over your house, and you're like, whoa, I was better off without pest control. What is this mess? <laughs> but what happens is there's actually a lot of bugs around your house the whole time. You just weren't applying any toxins around, those, around the, your structure of your home, and it stirred some things up. It made you realize, you know what, there's some things going on around here that was under the surface that I did not know that was happening. Amen. When I was a teenager, my mother used to tell me, continue to wash your face with clean and clear. Your pimples will get worse, 
Because it's, you know, it's pulling all the, the stuff out of your, your pores or whatever. I don't know if she was telling me the truth or not, but, you know, I kept washing my face and bless God, looks all pretty and stuff. <laughs> and that could be you too. Amen? So, I believe that this is similar to our walk with God. We've always had issues going on in our hearts, in our life. But as God starts to work on us, the things which were hidden, the things that were beneath and hidden from our psyche, begins to be recognized by the conscious man. Amen? I was always prideful, actually. Some may say, you still are. But to be honest, I'm the humblest person I know. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> I promise that was a joke. Whew, my God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Man, but was I prideful. I was praying, fasting, being used in the gifts of the Spirit just randomly. I felt like I could always hear God and feel after what he needed me to do and who I needed to reach. It didn't matter if they came to the house of the Lord or not, so long as I was able to speak into their life. Tears, anger, manifestation of devils in their lives. Brother Leo, I was having fun. I was like, man, this is, this is great. Woo! Living for God, let's do it. And I had a revelation one day, church. It was powerful. I realized that I was important. I was like, "Woo!" You guys may say, amen, we're all important. No, I was important. Literally, God brought me here to the Rock Church. Hallelujah, right? <laughs> My God, it's so cringe looking back now. I remember talking to Brother Steve. I'm like, Steve, yo, check this out. God brought me here to the Rock Church. And he was like, yeah, he did. He brought me here too. <laughs> no, Steve, no. God brought me here. And Steve just like tapped me on my shoulder, you know, and just smiled. I know he prayed for me because shortly after, let me, let me reread the scripture. Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Steve, I'm not sure if it was right away or a few conversations later. But he tells me, he says, brother man, listen up. You are going to run into yourself. And God's going to teach you some powerful things. And I was like, okay, bet. Teaching these Bible studies, you know. And I'm talking to this individual, and I'm trying to show him about the oneness of God and 
repentance and baptism and he didn't want to hear anything from me because he knew, he knew John 3.16. Don't talk to me, bro. I got you. So I'm trying to talk to him about the things of God and they're not really letting me teach. And he says, listen, I got to tell you my testimony. God brought me here to the Rock Church. And I was like, yes, brother. God brought me here too. He goes, no, Brother Naeem, you don't understand. God brought me here. I'm important. And instantly I was, just, I was staring at this guy like, oh, my goodness. How prideful was I <laughs> talking to Steve like that? It's crazy because God loves us so much. That he is willing to speak to us and talk to us and show us our faults in such a meek and, whew, thank you, Jesus. But the Lord spoke to me saying, listen up, buddy, you need to get things right. I don't know if he said all those words, but I'm just transliteration it right now. Th two things out of the seven that God hates, and I'm dealing with them, my God. What in the world is going on? What am I doing? What's going wrong? Again, I'm not God, and I don't know the ins and outs of this individual or other individuals that God started to show me that dealt with immense pride. But those individuals are not here tonight. And God gave me an ample amount of time to get things right. And I believe that if he did it for me, he did it for them too. Judgmental people who only talked bad about the lost souls that we need to reach are not here today. Prideful people that believe they are the only ones praying and the only ones loving people and the only ones winning souls and the rest of the church were just not doing anything are not here tonight. Liars who on one-on-one -on -one conversations or they would love to be in the center of attention, but when it came to witnessing, their friends couldn't really hear them because their friends knew they were a liar and they're not here tonight. I had a talk with Bishop and said, Bishop, you know, I was, I was like, I was, I was weeping, I was crying to him. I was like, Bishop, why, why am I still here if I dealt with these things? And I'm seeing other people, they, they dealt with these things also, maybe less than how I was dealing with it, and they're not here. And he says we have to pray for them. Sister Clark, he says we need to pray for them. Because that could be us. And this, this shook me, Brother Trevor, because he was right. This could be me. All the things I did wrong or said wrong could have led me right out of the presence of the Lord. Right out of the church doors. But thank you, Jesus, for your mercy, which endures forever. Thank you, Lord, for molding and shaping us 
in this house. That's why we ought to pray for God to shape us, to change us. Show us, Lord, who we are. But also show us who we need to be, Lord. Press us. Lord, don't, don't stop speaking to me, God. Don't stop convicting me, Lord. But Lord, bring me to an altar of repentance every day. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Because I can't do this without you, Jesus. I can't do this without you, Lord. Church, because of the revival that is being set forth in the city of Fort Myers, there is a couple of things that God needs the church to understand. We are going to see a lot of people come in to this house exhibiting the things that God hates. And we have to be sure that we are merciful, that we are graceful, that we are showing them the love of God, that they can understand that this is a safe place, that they can understand that we will not cut them off, that we, they can understand that we are imperfect also. Sometimes God asks us to not put our hands on these souls. Believe it or not, you may try to have a Bible study with the Bearfields over and over and over again. Not realizing that the Wesleys are already teaching them Bible study. Sometimes God is asking for you to pray for that individual. Not to always be ready to teach. I'm not saying that we can't teach. But we need to have discernment and understand that I can't do more than what the Lord can do. But in prayer, I said in prayer, in fasting, much can be done. We need to pray that God will convict their soul. That they will learn how to pray. That they will not let the things of this world choke up the seed that needs to be set forth in good soil of their hearts. We need to teach them biblical principles by coming to these altars when it's altar time. When it's altar call. By praying in pre-service prayer when it's pre-service prayer. For we are living epistles, read and known of all men. They do not care really what's going on in the word of God until they see what's happening in the people of God. I can testify right now something that caught my attention when I first walked into the house of the Lord was that we were in a small building and it was hot, but people were worshiping. People were praying. People were about the things of God. And because of this revival, we need to make sure that we are about our Father's business. Can somebody please say amen? They need to be handled with grace, just as God gracefully handled us. Because I don't know about you, church, I've messed up a lot. And I shouldn't be standing here before you tonight. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I don't know where I would be. If it wasn't for his love and his mercy, I don't understand. I can't comprehend where I would be. But number two, we as a body of Christ 
an example for the new believers, have got to grow up and stop exhibiting these features that God hates. We need to stop running from God. We need to stop running from these altars. We need to stop running from God asking us to do things that are that's difficult. If you have a problem with lying, maybe you ought to let the Lord convict you a little bit. Maybe you need to look up some, I don't know, Bible studies on lying. There's a lot of people here, they believe, you know, it's, it's whatever. Or maybe you have a problem with gossip. If you have a problem with gossip, don't run from the Lord. Let the Lord use you and mold you and shape you. Because you're going to find an individual that looks just as you used to look. And you can gracefully teach them and pray for them. Amen. If a babe in Christ sees you doing these things which are contrary to the word of God, what do you think they're going to do? Monkey see? Monkey do. Monkey gets in trouble too. Amen. If they hear you undermining the man of God openly amongst your friends or maybe privately in your home, they're going to think that these things are okay. Who cares what the man of God has to say? I don't need a man of God. I got the spirit of God. Well, I'm going to tell somebody something. God really finds like a lot of importance in a man of God. So much so that one of the reasons why he came down as a man is so people can believe that man. The next reason, the Lord could have just talked to Saul or Paul and said, hey, man, you're blind. I'm going to get you baptized right now. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. But the Lord didn't say any of that. He said, go to this man and he will tell you all that you need to do. God authenticates your faith in him through the man of God. Now listen, any newcomers that are here, I'm not saying to believe any man of God. I had trust issues when I came to the Rock Church. I told myself, I am not listening to whatever Pastor Williams is saying if I don't see it in the Word of God. So instead of just being lazy, don't just say I'm not listening to the man of God just because he's a man of God. Get in your word. See if it lines up. If it lines up, you're able to trust him. You're able to rely on what he has to say. Amen. But you may say, saint that's been here for a while, I'm good. I can handle it. I know when I need to listen to my man of God. But here's the issue. Those babies out there, they can't handle it. They don't know. They don't understand. You're opening doors of confusion for their life, of the enemy to come forth and to take that seed out of their hearts. If they hear you say, and I'm just obeying the Holy Ghost. If they hear you say, you know what? This year, Fallen Nations, I'm sitting out. You're teaching these newcomers that servanthood isn't an all-the-time thing. You can pick and choose when you do things for God. 
Our man of God has a vision for All Nations Sunday. He believes this is a way that we can reach people out there. It's just like Easter service. It's just like Christmas. It's another way to get people in the house of the Lord to feel the presence of the Lord. And for you to undermine that, I pray that the Lord rebukes you. Everyone, God is doing something mightily through us. There's going to be something powerful. We keep hearing it through the men of God. But there is a sense of urgency that we, revival doesn't start out there. Revival starts in here. Come on, somebody. I said revival does not start out there. It starts in here. Everything that we do ought to be done with the spirit of excellence. Amen. I didn't want to preach this message, the Lord knows. I didn't feel confident about it. But Monday morning I woke up after having a, such a vivid dream. And in this dream there was this individual who was on an airplane. And they had a, a bomb strapped to their body. And in that airplane were, it was my son Theodore and other kids. And then it was other people like, Pastors Falaza and, and Tobias and Brother Nick. And then other people such as First Lady and Bishop and Brother and Sister Donnelly was all in his airplane. And this individual, he knew that he was supposed to pull the strap and let the plane go. But he, he, he didn't want to do it, but he was already there. Already had everything strapped up, ready to go, and he didn't even know, but there were other people on the plane waiting to do it for him if he decided not to do it. So the time was ticking, it was about to occur, and this individual ran, tried to get away from the rest of the people, and then I woke up. I'm like, God, what is this? I'm praying all day. I, I can't even focus at work, really. I'm, I'm working the best I can. And I'm just asking, God, what does this mean? And the Lord started to speak to me and say, there's, there's things going on in the lives of people in the Rock Church. That if they do not look at themselves, they're going to hurt the young generation. They're going to hurt their generation that they're in. They're going to hurt the older generation. They're going to make it... Hard for the man of God and a woman of God that's been living this life a long time. But it, it's going to hurt them when they leave and take others with them, whether they realize it or not. And the Lord started telling me that that's why he sifts us. Because he doesn't want for when this revival really blows up. He doesn't want for people that are dealing with discord. And just my click and forget the rest of you or people that are offended easily with any little thing. God doesn't want these things to occur in his church. Because these souls that are coming out here into the house of God, they're coming out of that. They're coming out of people being fake. They're coming out of people judging them. People looking down upon them. People not wanting them to succeed. 
They're coming out of those things and they're looking for hope. They're looking for people that have been changed. People that are new creation. Oh, come on, let's all lift our hands right now. I'm telling someone, the Holy Ghost is moving so strong and and he wants you to, to speak to him. And as you speak, let's not worry about the things of this life. I'm tired of asking God, bless me with money. God, bless me with a new job. God, bless me with a husband or a wife. God, bless me with a new car. No, Lord, Jesus, shape me. Mold me, God. When God sifts you, it's for the greater good, church. Some are sifted and bless God. They stay in the house of God. And God is working on them. Others are sifted and they may not be here anymore right now. But I'm praying that God will bring them back. That God will show them the importance of living for God. Oh, Jesus. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the, thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Listen, church, we, for them to be converted, we got to cleanse ourselves first. I'm not saying cleanse yourself first and then reach people. I'm saying cleanse yourself, and as you're cleansing yourself, reach people. Reach them, teach them, mold them. God, use us, God. Come on, so lift our voice to him in prayer right now. Jesus. Jesus. I don't want to be a hindrance to your will, God. Come on, somebody. I don't want to be a hindrance to what's going on, Jesus. Lord, I want you to use me, God. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The Lord will take care of your business. He's asking for you to take care of his business. The Lord wants to see you in heaven. The Lord wants to see you living right. The Lord wants to see you bearing forth fruit. The change I want to see. But God. Must first begin in me. Work in my heart, God. Work in my heart, God. So your world may be changed. The change I want to see. Must first begin in me. I surrender. Come on, surrender to him right now. Surrender your will to him. Surrender your ambitions to him. Surrender all these things God has. He's called you. He brought you here. I surrender. Come on, young people. Young people, there's going to be other young people here. They're going to be vaping. They're going to be smoking. They're going to be doing these things. So but don't be judgmental to the young people. The change I want Bring them to these altars. Bring them to the understanding. Testify to the 
somebody must first begin Jesus. to be Jesus. I surrender yes, God. Yes, God. so your world may be changed Come the on, change I want to see Come on, married couple. Don't must show them first your bitterness. begin Fix that be bitterness between your relationships. I surrender there's going to be married people coming in here so and they need your hope world they need hope the clock can restore the change I want to see Jesus work in my marriage first begin in me work in my marriage Jesus I surrender come on somebody I surrender come on, somebody. Jesus the change I want to see Jesus must first begin in me yes Lord yes Lord I surrender come on complainer so Your soul has been saved. Your soul has been saved. Stop your complaining. Stop your whining. But start giving praise to your God. Jesus. Jesus. Shake me, God. Shake me, God. Use me, God. Redirect my prayers, God. I serve. Lord, there's some things I can put on the back burner. But Lord, being right with you, I, I can't put on the back burner anymore, God. So your world may be changed. I Lord, they're relying on me, God. I Lord, there's people that nobody else can reach but me, God. first begin in me I surrender come on young person so your world may be come changed. on young person don't complain that you used to live in a world but now you're in the house of God don't look back to the world don't look back to the things you used to do you need to find your hope you need to find the love that's in this house the love that God has for you that he didn't let you live the rest of your life in the world. But he saved you sooner. He brought you to his house sooner than the rest of them. Oh, you ought to be thankful right now. You ought to be thankful to know who Jesus is. You ought to look back and, and thank the Lord that your mind is right. That you're in your right mind. Come on, somebody. The things of this world doesn't matter compared to souls that are out there. Jesus. Jesus. The change I want to see must first begin in me. Yes, Lord, do a work in me, God. I surrender. Do a work in me, God. I surrender. God. The change I want to see God. Help me to see my brother in a good light. To see my sister in a good light, God. So your world may be changed. Jesus. The change I want to see. 
was first began Come on, people, let's press this people in. There's people I here. Get touched by God right now. There's so people being touched by God. Come on, show these guests to visitors. How we pray to these altars. Come on, reach out to God. Reach out to him. I surrender. I surrender. Come on, somebody. The change I want to see must first begin in me. I surrender so your world may be changed. I surrender. I surrender so your world may be changed. I surrender. Come on, somebody. Come on. I surrender. Mastermind, we're almost done. Let's keep on pressed right now. Talk to your Savior. Ask Him, what is it that you can do? Ask Him, what is it that I can do? Where are some things I've been neglecting in my own walk? I'm telling someone the things that you're dealing with right now. This past couple weeks, I've seen an increase of people that have been, have been lying. Or an increase of people that's been dealing with this or dealing with that. I'm telling someone, don't, don't be condemned understand that the Lord wants to bring is out of you so that you can help those that are there those that are coming that are dealing with the same thing he's going to talk to you he's going to tell you what needs to be done